Welcome to the School of Travels podcast. I'm your host, Becky Gillespie, and each week I bring you stories of how travel can truly change your life if you take the chance to get out on the road and step out of your comfort zone. My guests also share travel tips and lessons they've learned along the way, which I hope inspires you to let travel be your teacher. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the School of Travels podcast. This week, I'm bringing you the youngest person I've ever interviewed on the podcast. His name is Alex LeBon, and he's only 20 years old. I was very fortunate to meet him while living in a share house for four months in Tokyo during the pandemic. When I heard more about Alex's story of leaving France, dropping out of college, and coming to Japan, I was so impressed. But I was even more impressed when I saw his daily habits his morning routine, and his passion and confidence in himself. And I really think you're going to get a lot out of this interview, and I hope that you enjoy it. So without further ado, let's go back to the share house in Tokyo, and let's hear from Alex. Welcome to episode 42 of the School of Travels podcast. I'm here today with my second episode with one of my housemates from the place I'm currently living in Tokyo, Japan. And today with me, I have... Alex. (laughs) (laughs) So, hello, I'm Alex. I'm 20 years old and I'm living with Becky on this insurance house. (laughs) Alex, you said you were 20 and Mm. that's really the big reason I had to have you on this podcast because I don't think you know this, but listeners, you may remember the episode I had with Pale Bo, who was in his 50s, moved out of his place in Denmark and started life on the road as a nomad. But I wanted to have someone on the podcast that is on the other side of the spectrum, who's only 20 and already living a life abroad. So Alex, first of all, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, so um, I'm actually living in Japan. It's um, my first year in Japan. Now I start my second year. Excuse me if my English is not uh, perfectly correct. (laughs) (laughs) So you came to Japan when you were 19? Yeah, I started traveling when I was very young. Uh, My parents pushed me to be uh, independent when I was very young. Uh, they pushed me to taking my responsibility and taking myself like uh, uh, when I was very young. So I had uh, this education and I started to uh, uh, going in another country when I was around uh, 19. So my parents first bring me like in Europe. And then uh, when I started to be a teenager, around 12, I started to uh, going uh, in another country by myself for uh, humanitarian um, travel. So... Uh, uh, in Europe and then uh, I spent uh, one year in uh, America. Uh, I was a student there. How old were you? I was six, uh, 15, 15 to 16. And uh, then when I, uh, when I come back to French, I finish uh, my uh, baccalaureate because I uh, got it a little bit more early than usual. And I started to study uh, economic and uh, science uh, politic and I didn't finish. <laughs> <laughs> And I came uh, in Japan for the first uh, time when I was um, uh, 18, uh, just before my 19. And uh, I had uh, in my life at that time, not a revelation, but I had two choices. Uh, or I was continuing my life in France and it was like a, kind of a little bit boring because everything was already uh, decided for me, like uh, my future was already like settled. So, what did you see your life being if you stayed in France? Uh, in fact, I see it good, <laughs> like uh, with a very uh, nice job because uh, uh, 
uh, at that time, uh, um, I uh, they proposed me and the city hall uh, where I was uh, working sometime as a part time uh, to be on the list for the election. So, uh, I I had a great future if I was uh, staying in uh, France. So you're saying like you would have been working for the government. Uh, yes, at least for the city hall right now. Okay. And I just want to clarify, did mm. you finish, you did not finish a college degree? I didn't finish my uh, college degree. Um, I don't know how do it works in another country, but uh, in France, like it's in uh, five years. And uh, each year you have the certification that you achieve the the year, like uh, the first year, the second year, or the third year. And do most people in France start when they're 18 doing yes. those five years? Okay, but you said you were 16. Yes, I got my baccalaureate a little bit more early. How did you get it early? Uh, okay, I don't want to be like, uh, but... Uh, I think it's good to get the clear picture of yeah, how sure. you got here by the age of 20. The, the baccalaureate, like, uh, I, in French, is not that a big deal. I have the feeling that it's just... Um, yeah, really common exam and that like the education maybe in French like give like the baccalaureate a little bit easily because they want maybe they don't want to stack some students, you know, so I just like do it and was fine. <laughs> so in France, you can take a test. It's Is this a test you take to prove mm. that you have a high school education? Yeah, equivalent? Uh, in fact, uh, um, the, the baccalaureate is like uh, the national like uh, the um, test exam to go to the uh, college without it you can't go to the college but you can choose to pass it uh, when you want like uh, not exactly when you want but the year that you want so some people like uh, like me pass it as a free candidate so I just uh, researched before and I did it and I got it so I was happy and and you're essentially done with your high school education. Yeah, when I'm you totally done, test. which I'm very happy, which I was happy. Were your parents supportive of that step or did they say, oh, no, you need to go and do the traditional route in high school? My parents like always giving to me like the choice. So they, they didn't push me to do it, but they didn't like uh, make me pressure on it. So like they let me do what I wanted to do. And they always told me like that it's my life. So it's it's my choice it's me who's gonna have job in the future it's me who's gonna live by myself in the future so they always told me like that i was doing my uh, choice for myself can we also go back to what you said about my parents raised me to be independent mm -hmm. from a very young age what kind of things did that do you recall that really stand out in your mind that they port like not want to say force but encouraged you to do because this might help people understand how you became so independent by this young age uh, I became independent because my mother, like my mother, um, gave me my education. And uh, all of that is on the story of my mother. Like she left uh, her home when she was like 13 years old. So she left wow. and she started doing her own life at that time. How so. did she leave at age 13? <laughs> that was the old time, I guess. Uh, yes. <laughs> that was the old time. And then like she she went uh, to London and uh, she had been uh, welcomed in a sorority, but of uh, like a religious uh, people. Like when, a when she was younger. Yeah, when like she was younger. So, so she belonged there and then like she started to be independent. So when she uh, had uh, me and my sister, she really wanted to teach uh, us how to be independent in case that something happened. So it started by uh, uh, teach us when we were very young, like how to um, 
cook, to clean, to be organized, like how to be like a responsible adult, if I want to say. Even when, say. how old were you when you remember her starting these lessons? I think that my mom started to teach me like uh, everything about uh, manners and how to uh, be in society around like uh, five, six years old, like uh, just the fact like how to uh, eat when you're at a, uh, in a diner, how you talk to people, how you uh, uh, respect the others, how you're doing that and that and how also like um, you have to care about uh, the people around you. Like she really, she was like very uh, talkative and communicative about it. So sometimes we had a lot of talk about like uh, uh, the world and that sometimes it's dangerous. So how to protect uh, myself and to protect the others and doing like that kind of thing. So And also something that really helps me, it's like the also the freedom that she gave to me. I, I was really free after like to, uh, as I say, like travel by my own, which I think is uh, like um, a chance because no one, <laughs> I mean, uh, a lot of parents uh, will never let their child at a young age uh, to uh, traveling abroad. Sounds I started like... traveling by myself around the 12, 13 with a group. I was uh, in an association and uh, in this association in my city, like we were organizing like a travel, humanitarian travel, like uh, to, we were going to another country to uh, meet uh, associations and to uh, doing some uh, actions like uh, to helping uh, people and like so I started at that time that was like the first time I was uh, traveling with Atta, my uh, parents. Did she find that organization for you or did you find it and ask if you could go? Uh, before my mother like uh, was also in this uh, association so she went sometimes not for the same reason because it's a very big association but uh, i think that also helped a lot <laughs> it was the biggest association from my city and they were like uh, organizing uh, all the activities in the city for all the kids to the teenager for yeah it was just a big association in bordeaux and then after like uh, i became uh, on the um, uh, how do you call that like uh, the boarding representative of the association i became the representative of the youngest there for uh two yeah two two years i think and that's all <laughs> that would have given you a lot of experience though too like mm -hmm. running something being in charge of a lot of things and you must have been, what, 13 or so when you were doing that? Uh, I, I For this association, I, I, I started to go in this association before, just uh, like uh, normal kids, just for doing the activities. And I started to be involved when I was uh, just after my baccalaureate, when I came back from uh, um, America. Okay, let's talk about your time in America. So yeah. <laughs> did you have, you were interested in going yourself, like, yes, America, yes, I'm I so excited. It. Okay, let's talk about like where did you go in the States and who were you living with? What were some of your impressions that you took away from that experience? So I came to America with a French governmental program. So they paid everything for me. And it was the first time for me to going uh, uh, as far. Like before I was just only traveling like in uh, Europe and uh, then North Africa and that was for me the first time to going like very far and uh, I was very excited because like uh, for a lot of French people especially a French teenager I like to uh, go to America for the first time especially I was like 15 so it was like a it was like a really big dream for me I was uh, very excited and especially when I uh, knew that I'm gonna be like in a very nice uh, private uh, school in uh, Maryland so um, uh, everything was organized also because the program and 
uh, the first time, like uh, the first time I was to America, and I will always remember <laughs> the atmosphere was very nice, very cool. Uh, the sunlight was like different from France, I guess, or it was very something uh, impress. <laughs> the su really the sunlight. The sunlight, yes. Oh wow! And um, I remember when I just arrived to the airport, like this guy just like asking me so many questions. I was just like, I'm not a terrorist. That. <laughs> oh, the immigration <laughs> <Yes>. agent. Okay. <laughs> so I was in a Afro-American family. Oh, like an African American yeah, family. Yeah. Uh, they were very very nice they make me uh, very comfortable and they were very happy to like uh, uh, introduce me in the culture and share with me like the american culture so uh, uh they bring me like to so many places like so many uh, burgers <laughs> so many <laughs> places to eat and uh, we do a lot of uh, activities and uh, uh, the first things also that i was very surprised and it's very typical from america like uh, um uh, the house was like the biggest house that I never seen in my life. Oh, wow. There were like maybe two, three floors and I had my own floor. And so I had my uh, own bedroom and my own bathroom. And on my floor, there were the uh, game room and they had their own uh, home cinema. What? So we were very big project. Yeah, they, were, they were very very rich. <laughs> well, do you remember like what did they do for a living? Like uh, they... the family, uh, the they lost their father and the mother. Like she was uh, working as a uh, histor historian research in a museum uh, near Baltimore. So um, so that's all. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it was uh, was very impressed for me because like you can only have that kind of feeling in America. <laughs> so it was kind of you were. I have to say, all those impressions we get from American movies, you got to actually live yes, them. Yes, <laughs> totally. Uh, oh, wow. They had their own storage room, which is like a little bit more bigger than my actual room in Japan right now, where they were like uh, storage all the food, the candy, the cereals, and. It was like a supermarket for me. <laughs> it was totally unbelievable. And like the the chi uh, the childrens uh, in the house, they were going to the same uh, school as me. So uh, uh, the private school it's uh, called Glenet Country School, but they had like the prime their elementary like primary like college and like uh, it's it's like a big campus, but like. Uh, We're going to put a link, by the way, on the sure. schooloftravels.com website to your school because you've shown mm -hmm. it to me and it is amazing. It should the be in a movie. It was amazing. The first time, like, uh, all the students, like, uh, welcomed me because uh, not only me, like, there were also another French people uh, who was, like, uh, uh, on the part of the program. And when, like, they're making, uh, a, like, when they show us the school, like, it was incredible, like they had their own swimming pool, their own stadium, like their own basketball also stadium, and their own uh, music place. That's something also that I really liked. And uh, I started to enjoy um, American course. And uh, I was uh, really impressed with the relationships between the, um, the, the student and the teacher. Uh, I remember it was one of my first course and then the teacher just came like on the American way and started to ask to these people like, oh, how are you? How, how is your boyfriend? How is your girlfriend? What did you do last time? And I was just like, well, they're talking like friends. That kind of thing is impossible in France. You know, like French people, they're like maybe too like, you know, like distantial for that kind of thing and formal. But here in America, like in this, in this school, it was like that. 
And I was also surprised that they had a really good relationships. But when it's time to uh, have the course, like all the students was uh, listening, the teacher, there were no one who were talking and they were like very uh, attentive. That's also something who, that I was surprised. Um, I have to tell you, Alex, that won't happen in every American school. I will tell you. <laughs> it's, not, it's not always good behavior across the board. But I am so glad okay. you're having this, yes, amazing yeah. experience. How did you get matched with this family? So I didn't choose the family. It was the program. But when I was to the family, the relation between me and the family was uh, uh, really good. Like, uh, we're really good. Like, to, we really knew each other. And uh, we had so many things. They let me my uh, piece when I needed it. And I was doing the same. And uh, everything was very good between us. And I'm still having contact. Sometimes I'm just asking them, how are you? How is it? And <laughs> Lovely. Like, yeah. And did you get to talk with them before you moved over to the no. U.S.? Oh, no, really? I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't talk to them. I really, like, uh, met them when uh, um, I just arrived to the airport. And then they... Uh, uh, I, um, it was like a, with uh, not a taxi, but with a um, big car, like a, like a small bus. Like uh, they bring us to the school and there like uh, we met the family, but uh, we didn't enter to the school. We just met the family and the family like after like uh, took me to the home. And... Probably stopped at the burger place first. Yeah. <laughs> That's Subway. <laughs> how many siblings did you have with the family? Like, were there how so many the family that uh, there were four. They had uh, two boy, two brother, and two sister. So okay. there were four. And you would be number five. Yes. <laughs> wow, big, it's, it was a big family by then. It was a big family, but a big house, so that was okay. <laughs> and you were saying that, that the, there's no, there was no father. There, there was no father. The father like, had uh, died. Yeah, um, they had a father died. Yeah. Yeah, but that's like that's so amazing that the mm. mother is is taking kids from abroad and and really showing you the culture. Yeah, the way that... that was a really really good experience. Uh, sometime like the um, uh, I was like uh, I, I I turned depressed. Never. <laughs> I was gonna ask you like what struggles did you face that year because I'm sure it wasn't all smiles and sun and sunlight that you know. Mm, yeah, uh, of course. After like the amazing dream, like. Uh, uh, I started to get very depressed because the mostly because the food because I was uh, not eating uh, uh, only vegetable only fruits and um, only very oily food so this is also very American but uh, like uh, fast food after fast food like my body started to like react like badly and my mind also and I started like to have a lot of uh, bugs on my face and I was like I turned a little bit depressed and when I met the uh, psychologue, like he told me that I should like uh, a little bit more care about the food and um, and that if I do that, it will be okay. Then also sometimes I was a little bit depressed because it was hard to have a, a re relation and connection outside the um, school and the family. And like uh, when I had like some talk, it uh, was always around the same subject. So sometimes I was like a little bit... Uh, yeah, depressed because that, but... <laughs> right, no, I mean, yeah. it, those seem like very realistic things that would happen. And were you gaining weight? Yeah, totally. As well, okay. Totally, like, okay. I, I think that my body really reacted very, uh, really bad because uh, my body, like, ne never had that kind of food uh, in a long term like that. So I think, like, my body just wasn't prepared and told me, like, <laughs> something like that I should uh, stop. 
Did you eventually start eating more vegetables and preparing uh, your own food? Or? At first, I started to, uh, eating less because it showed that I was eating a lot and not the good food. And then, yes, like uh, I started to like uh, uh, eating a little bit more vegetable and food. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know for being American <laughs> that you just get into a routine of fast food. It's quicker, it's easier. And... It's quicker, it's easy, and sometimes like... Uh, yeah, sometimes it's good also for the mind. Like, you, you can get depressed, but when you eat some good food also, like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you for sharing your experience in America. And then you came back over to France. Yes. And um, I guess at that point you finished your baccalaureate. Yes. And then Japan, was was that the next big trip for you? Uh, I always dream to go to Japan. And so um, during the holiday, I took a... Uh, uh, a summer job uh, like my father was um, working for the trans company so he introduced me and it was really pay well and then at that time I decided to go to Japan because it's uh, always been a dream for me and uh, then I did you save up money to do it yourself or did your parents help no I, all by myself I saved my uh, I work and I save my own money and I use my own money to go uh, I went uh, with uh, five uh, thousands euro, so around five thousands um, a dollar, like uh, for one month, and I discovered Japan in uh, September, and I was like uh, very very happy, and uh, I met also for uh, one of the first time my cousin, like she is living here, she uh, get married with a Japanese man for more than eleven years now. Uh, so uh, at the end of September, at the end of my trip to Japan, my first trip, um, uh, I was supposed uh, like to go back to school, <laughs> but then I just decided to don't go and to uh, go back to uh, uh, my summer job and to save money and to left everything to <laughs> living abroad. To come back to Japan? To is come it... back to Japan forever. <laughs> okay, so you think it was because you were just in love with Japan? Like this I was, was just in love in Japan, it. and I also, I was at that time in my life and in my mind, or I didn't want to stay in France forever. Like, uh, it's my country, I was born there, I, uh, I like this country, I like my city, but I get uh, bored and I don't want to stay in the same country for all my life, and I wanted to do something a little bit crazy i wanted to feel alive also i guess so i don't know why i just say <laughs> bye to everything <laughs> so you're not you're like you know i'm not going to finish my course like did you have any issues deciding that because i think not, that's a... uh, for the course not at all because like uh, okay. i i was like well i'm i'm um i'm 18 if i don't do it now i will never do so uh, at that time i was like i don't care about the course <laughs> and i still don't care um, that's a, because that's a huge thing for someone your age like that is yeah. what often gets people st I want to say stuck in one place or in one train of thought they think they have to finish they think they have to finish but I also think that we have the chance in French that uh, the uh, going to a college is free we don't pay yeah, uh, I know that for example in uh, America is very very expensive so of course at that time I can understand that it's very important to finish because people like invest a lot of money and get a loan and they have to pay back after but in France we don't have that uh, like all the study like the law the politics the economics is totally free 
uh, so uh, I was also like uh, feeling okay about not going and <laughs> because you knew you could come back to France years later and still yeah. do the course for free is that in case how something happened I can just go back in France yes and uh, uh, yes doing the studies for free so that's that's not a, a big deal but I don't want <laughs> right. so then for uh, almost one year I uh, doing the summer job and I save money uh, I got uh, the working holiday visa, which is the best uh, visa, I think, to expatriate to Japan because, like, they give it very easily. They and don't give it to Americans, guys, just to let you know, because <laughs> America does not give a working holiday visa to them. So I came to Japan on a working visa and had to work mm -hmm. full time. But I just want to clarify that for people that are yeah, listening. Sure. Yeah, I think they do that for European people and uh, they do that with Australian, too. They have working holiday for Australian people. So it's uh, very uh, easy to get it when uh, you came. And then uh, I got uh, one year and I was like the most excited people. Like I remember I was to the Japan embassy in France and I say, okay, I have it. Um, then I, I left, I left my home. It was like uh, very difficult because of course, like uh, at that time I was um, 19. I was just 19. So it was difficult for my uh, mother uh, she always respect my choice. She never like uh, tell me to don't go. She always told me like that I'm gonna have a, a good experience there. So she really supports me a lot. Uh, then I left. I came to Japan for the first time, and I was like so excited. I didn't slept for maybe two days because like uh, between like the airplane and everything. Uh, but just the fact that I was excited like keep me awake, uh, awakening, and I arrived to Japan with my big then baggages and I start my new life <laughs> yeah and you've been step by step just improving this life in Japan David and now you're going to you just got a loan from France and you're going to start Japanese school and learning I'm Japanese learn Japanese and uh, that was one of my uh, also one of my dreams to be like a student in Japan and to uh, learn the languages and the language is cool but I didn't have the money because it's uh, expensive here in Japan like to go in a language school uh, like one year it's around uh, six uh, thousand euro so it's uh, very expensive I didn't have that money <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, yeah when I came to Japan the first two months I uh, just uh, re-enjoyed the country because I had also like a little bit money that I was saving so I started to enjoy the country then uh, um, I get uh, higher like for uh, uh, a uh, uh, English teacher or LT position like mm -hmm. uh, just uh, like uh, helping the assistant teacher. language yeah, teacher assistant yeah. languages, helping the uh, teacher uh, just caring like uh, about the kids uh, I didn't have a good experience with uh, that school because like uh, when you're foreigners in Japan like a lot of companies also try to uh, fake you or like uh, do not really respect the law and everything so then I left them at that time also I uh, start to get very 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 depressed because I lost uh, all my money and everything but uh, I uh, try uh, to fight and after I got uh, like a part-time job there and there <laughs> uh, trying to have uh, money and all the situations like uh, was uh, unlocked at the time that I got my loan to go to a language school and uh, my life is pretty nice to Japan so <laughs> I hope it's gonna be okay and now you can stay longer on the student visa I can stay longer like uh, I apply for two years student visa and I hope that the the languages when I will uh, got the language like the uh, good uh, skills in Japanese languages I will be a, a 
able to uh, find a good job or maybe like to continue to study here. <laughs> right. And you have just started a website in a very early stage, mm. but I'm so impressed that you're only 20 and you've already said, look, I've done this logo. I'm building my website. Can you talk a little bit about what you're trying to do with this website? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Uh, as you say, right now it's really like the beginning of the project. So, um, uh, like, yeah, it's the beginning of the project. I always wanted uh, one day to have my own business. I, uh, before I, I was thinking about opening a coffee here in Japan when I will be able to, because uh, I, I really like, like the life in Japan. So I also wanted to f uh, have my own business here. And now, like, we're living, like, in the 21st century, so everything is possible with internet. And I decided to uh, start my small business and to be, like, a entrepreneur here. So I uh, wanted, like, to uh, sell, like, a Japanese product to friends. So, like, a candy, uh, goodies, and all that kind of things, like, that of uh, like uh, French people love I, I I was that kind of person before when I wasn't in Japan I love like to have some Japanese candy and something from the country and so uh, now I start my business so I do everything by myself I created my uh, own website uh, I choose my own product and uh, uh, I will have to do a lot of things, but uh, I hope that uh, I, uh, everything will be done on September and that I will be able to start to uh, sell uh, products. That is so cool. I'm so excited for you to see how this goes. I'm but excited too. <laughs> also so proud of you because again, you're 20. <laughs> he's 20 and he's doing this. And it's now I want to switch over because like, I, I think what one thing that really impresses me about you is You've designed a lifestyle for yourself here that I can see. You have very strong boundaries, from what I can tell. You fight for yourself when you feel that, you know, it's necessary. And you have routines, especially, I think, a morning routine uh, yeah. that is really powerful and I think people could really benefit. So can you talk about your... What what time do you wake up in the morning? What's <laughs> your What are your goals for yourself every day? Mm, so, uh, I... I, I want to explain why I decided first to have this morning routine. Uh, I decided to have this morning routine because, uh, as you say, I'm 20 years old and uh, I'm still young. So sometimes it's also difficult for me like uh, to handle my uh, new life here by myself. So for that, I decided to really organize my life. And um, I start on the morning and I... Uh, I I wake up around uh, 5, uh, 5, 6 a.m. now. Uh, I start with uh, meditation. So I really like to meditate. It's very important for me because it really helps me like to be calm and to like uh, organize my mind to make it clear. So uh, I meditate uh, like for maybe uh, on the morning like uh, between 30 and 1 hour. Uh, but after when I can on the day, I also try to meditate like an hour there, an hour there. And also like I try to meditate one hour <laughs> between the, uh, before that I'm going to sleep. Uh, this uh, has a really good importance in my life because uh, uh, before I was like really uh, at tea. I didn't believe in anything and then I started to believe in um, esoterism. So I started to believe like in uh, energy, in um, the stones, like uh, uh, the waves and uh, everything. So uh, that helped me like to keep my mind clear and to keep me like uh, stronger and uh, like that I know like where I'm going. <laughs> Is very important. I, I remember when we first talked about this, we were on a hike here in Japan and I, I just asked you, you know, I know that you wake up early and we started talking about meditation. And then you said, I said, how long have you been meditating? You said, I started when I was 12. Yeah. And I was like, 
blown away because I had not really even heard of meditation at the age of 12. So what made you start meditating? Let's talk about that briefly. Uh, again, uh, my, my mother like also told me that she was meditating when she was uh, young. So she also a little bit told me about it. Uh, but the the way that I discovered meditation is really a good way. Uh, I, when I was young, around uh, 11, 12, I uh, just for maybe for fun or maybe to try, I wanted like to do like some uh, uh, ghost or spirits, you know, invocation <laughs> or things like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like Ouija board. Or yeah, this some kind of very stupid things that sometimes teenagers do. And like for most of the teenagers, like nothing happened and they don't really like get uh, into that. So it's just like to making a, to be a little bit scared. But me, I do it once in the front of my mirror. Uh, I was like doing like this uh, Lordy Mary things, you know, like the famous one. I'm pretty sure it's uh, from America. So. <laughs> I saw that in the movie. And after that, I really start to have a lot of nightmares. Uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of nightmares and very bad nightmares. And um, uh, I experiment uh, things that I never experienced before. And at that time, I was like, why that happened to me? Is that real or is that just me who losing my mind? And at that time, I started to believe that they have maybe something else, like uh, not only the uh, physical words, uh, world, but maybe like uh, another world, like with energy and things like that, and that I was maybe attracting the bad energy. And that was the reasons that I had a... Uh, at nightmares and uh, I was doing like also a paralyzed. I was like, uh, uh, like paralyzed. When you woke up, you, f you couldn't move. Yes. And you, yeah. I'm sure that would have freaked you that, out. That, that was very uh, freaky, especially like when you're 12 years old, like it's uh, like kind of traumatized. I still today remember some kind of uh, <laughs> things. Uh, and then at that time, uh, I, um, I decided to uh, uh, document myself on that kind of thing like I um, read a lot of books a lot of things and uh, I decided to make it better uh, first I do meditation because I wanted just to sleep well <laughs> mm -hmm. I just wanted to sleep so I discovered meditation like uh, um, the basic things like the uh, the, the breathing uh, things like uh, to how to breathe with uh, your stomach like with your throat and uh, with your mouth like with uh, everything and at that time I realized that it works that I was like a little bit more um, calm and I also um, the meditation also teach me how to face my fears that's also uh, I was very afraid about uh, all the things that I was seeing in my nightmares and uh, it stopped uh, at the time that I decide to face my fears, uh, I think that uh, can be lesson of life. I think that uh, it might work like that for everyone uh, all around the world, uh, that we believe in something or not. I think that the time that we start to face our fears, like uh, uh, we can just turn it in, you know, like some ridiculous things and you can like just have to like continue and like... How did meditation help you face your fears? Uh, it forced me to uh, first uh, accept that I had a nightmare. When I was doing my nightmares, I tried to be conscious and I tried to see the scene from the outside. That really helped me. Like uh, when I was in my nightmares, like I was in my own mind, I was like feeling stuck in, in it. And when I start to like, uh, when I start to uh, remove the fear and to see the scene from the outside, I just realized that I was also the only one who was creating these nightmares. I was realizing that uh, all of that it's me and that uh, each time that I had nightmares I had like in my meditation to be conscious of it and to try to uh, get out from this and that's how it helps me to 
uh, face my fears and I think that uh, after in the physical life uh, like it also helped me like to act like that and to like you're doing things more and more like <laughs> be active be powerful yeah. like I've seen you be like you have you know you you face an obstacle and you you find a way to get past it and uh, you keep going where I've seen some people just stop and I don't know if it's mm -hmm. all meditation I and mean, we probably can't attribute it completely to that but it sounds I, like it helps. I keep going because also before, like, um, like uh, I was like uh, hard to say, like uh, uh, people was uh, harassing me, like bullying me. Aww. So uh, mm -hmm. when I was like in a, pri a primary school, it was horrible. I uh, got absolutely no friend, and I was really dependent on uh, what the others were speaking about me and everything. And uh, when I start to realize that I can do things by my own and I uh, don't need the others, and that I can create in my own life. Uh, at that time, like I start to be like I think strong. It's also a protection to be strong uh, for me. Like uh, I'm just talking for <laughs> for me. Like uh, the fact that when I was younger, I I, I was like uh, bullying. Like uh, um, helps me to be like uh, strong today. And now, like uh, I don't really care about what the others thinks, and I try to surround that to surround myself by good people and. Uh, people with who I can just talk and have a nice moment without any judgment and anything so and then I met Betty <laughs> <laughs> yes oh, thank you so much for sharing now another thing that obviously our listeners would not be able to know unless we said we told them is that let, let's talk about cleanliness and how important being clean cleaning things how how that helps your mind uh, that's also really helped me uh, as i say like my mother like also like uh, teach me when i was young that it's important to uh, living in a, a cleaning space like uh, if you live in a cleaning space you can organize your mind and your life <laughs> and that's true that's very important for me to always keep um, the space that i'm living uh, clean uh, without that uh, like my mind is like also like a little bit uh, you know like uh, Disorganize. Disorganize. Right. In fact, it's uh, my room is like my mind. Like, uh, uh, if my room is not clean, my mind is also not clean. So, uh, in that way, it uh, helps me. It's like the projection of my mind. So, when my room is clean, it's when I'm organized. Uh, my mind and I'm feeling always good because things is also organized, and I I can remember when I put these things or these things or. So yeah, that that that's really also uh, helps me. Sometimes it's a little bit complicated because I'm living in a shared house, so mm -hmm. uh, we all have a different uh, kind of definitions of uh, like uh, cleaning or not, and of living in community. So sometimes like I, I got a little bit pissed off or like a little bit uh, bad to some people like who uh, are not really into that and like has another mind. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have to tell you a story that I'm sure that listeners and you would appreciate. I actually went to Mount Koya in Japan a few years ago, and a monk took me on a tour of a cemetery at night. And it was like a, it was a big famous thing that you do in Mount Koya. And at the very end of the tour, just before he left us, he said, keep your room clean. And then he just like walked off into the cemetery. And we wow. were supposed to find our way back to the hotel. But I, I was so struck by that. I thought, what a weird thing to say right at the end of this. And it's exactly what you said. Your, if your room is clean, your mind is clean. And you are inspiring me to... I, I try to clean once a week, but I think you clean more than that. Uh, I try to clean yeah, once a week. But uh, before that, yes, uh, at least like uh, brooming, like the floor are... 
but also I have this particular idea. I'm living really next to the living room, next to the kitchen. So all the dust on the kitchen, like uh, go to my room easily, like uh, with the uh, wind and with uh, also like uh, the my uh, footsteps. Like uh, so, I bring also a lot of uh, uh, dust to my room. So yeah, you're I close to the to, front door. Yeah, so I try yeah. to clean it. Like uh, yes, almost like to at least broom uh, like two each two days and. Uh, every month at least I try to do like the big cleaning like uh, everything I have seen you take everything out of your room and stack yeah. it up in the main living room here and I, I was impressed because I don't do that I don't <laughs> remove everything but I think mm. there is a, a meditative side to it and a yeah this is very important for me to, yeah. to, to I remove everything because first of all I don't have a lot of uh, stuff because uh, I expatriate with only one uh, bigger baggages so uh, it was uh, uh, it was fine so uh, it's uh, it's easier for me everything is like uh, packed in a six meters room so uh, it's not taking me a long a lot of time but just cleaning everything it's also very good because i can throw all the unnecessary like the things that i don't need and who also like uh, i don't know how to say but sometimes like you keep the things in your room that you just uh, never use and uh, yeah yeah, I think people listening to this that are frequent travelers would know there's always something in your suitcase as well mm. that you don't use and you keep bringing it with mm. you and it, it becomes emotional baggage. It becomes emotional, well but it's also to be heavy sometimes on my mind. So sometimes just to like uh, throw, throw like all the paper that I uh, didn't need anymore, or like throw all the things that I didn't use, like some clothes uh, that I can't wear anymore. Like it's also like uh, helped me like to keep my mind clean. Keep things simpler yeah. in your life. Is there any type of cleaning that you feel is more helpful for you than others? Like if somebody said, I'm not going to do everything he does, but if you had to say, well, at least do this, what's the most helpful for you? Yeah, they have a lot of different ways. Yeah, the deep <laughs> like, clean. Do you think the deep clean is really important? For, for me, yes, the deep clean is important because uh, uh, when you clean, you also organize. You're not only clean, but like you organize your stuff. So uh, at the same time, like you can remember where you put that, that. But in general, I think that the uh, the minimum for everyone is just like a small things like every day. Uh, um, I mean, I'm the one who's doing really big cleaning, but for some people like uh, who don't do like big cleaning or is too bored, like at least like a small every day, like a, a just sponge after like that you after your pass, you know, like just remove. Uh, uh, the dish from the sinks or uh, that kind of thing like yeah small, don't leave small. the dishes overnight just do them yeah. just get it keep it clean so we've talked about cleaning we've talked about meditation um what if you had to give three tips in general for people to live a more balanced and focused and productive life like you have been here in japan one tips is to uh, write on the paper everything uh, who make you feel stuck and who make you feel bad and then like uh, try to change all of that like for example if you're feeling stuck in your job if you're feeling stuck in your life uh, it's okay like uh, it's life uh, we're living in a society who push us to always follow the same yeah the same the like the the same way like i don't know what to say but uh, we are pushed to follow like a system the same system all the time and um the first tips is to try to remove all the heavy things in uh, uh, our shoulder. You have, uh, you don't like your job, you don't like everything. So then try to change that, even that is difficult. But 
What right. if I'm afraid I won't make money, Alex? What if like, yeah, that's I, oh, trouble, I can't but... I can't get rid of that job? Then I oh, what's gonna happen? Mm. It's better to have regret and to say okay, like uh, uh, it wasn't something to do, that to always live with the mind that you can do something. Because if you never do something, you will always be like oh, I can be here, I can do that, and uh, you will be uncertain about everything. But at least if you try, it, like it might work, and most of the time it works. And if it's not working, like it's teach you a very big lessons from life and uh, make you more strong for the rest, uh, for the yeah for for your life. So that's the big tips. When you do that, then is to reorganize your life. When you remove everything now, like the second things is like how you want your life. How do you uh, want to act in society with the others? How do you want? yourself like you're a nice person like doing that or that and then when you fix that the last uh, step it's uh, how to do um, how to make it possible how to act to make it possible to create it, the opportunities and everything but to be on that step the the, the the most difficult is to remove everything is the first step like to after to organize your life and to create the opportunities is very 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 easy when you remove your past when you uh, put away all your stress all like your mind all all your fears it's uh, people like stay in uh, uh, they stay in sometimes like a sad life because uh, their fears that's all <laughs> yeah but it's so deep do you have any books that you recommend books that uh, really changed you or motivated you uh right now no i just remember i was sometimes reading uh, buddhism uh, like books but the name i don't really remember but uh, something really helps me it's uh, like uh, they have a youtube uh, channel called the uh, tistria uh and uh, it's in uh, all languages they translate it in absolutely like all the languages all around the world and uh, they making video like about uh, her to create it your own life about uh, like also like uh, about the meaning of the life that's also really helpful what so was the name this tria but uh, <laughs> i will i will yeah I you put can a link. Add it. I, yes. I will send it to you Listeners, be, be on the lookout for that link <laughs> and now i want to go back to this focus of people your age so what would you tell someone who was 20 who is stuck in their country and is just living that life you said that we feel we must live that society is pushing us to live what would you tell them about how can you how could they live a life that was more similar to what you've done that's really cliche but i want to say like go ahead go ahead you just like uh, you're young if you're like uh, 18 19 20 like you have absolutely nothing to lose you don't have any family like to feel you don't have a uh, you you still like only involve yourself in all the situations so if you want to do something it's the time to do it if you want to uh, living abroad in any country if you want to uh, start any kind of a business or everything even that you're young just go ahead uh, but just keep in your mind that it's not gonna be easy they will have some people who will try to stop you uh, by jealousy by ego or by everything but go ahead keep your mind clear and uh, have uh, clear goals and just like focus on it and don't like uh, don't give it up <laughs> what about family like you you mentioned family mm -hmm. first what about like the family who are saying no we need you here we you have to help us achieve the things we're trying to do no 
why do you think you can do that? Like I hear these messages. Yeah, a lot. yeah. That th uh, that is a very complicated situation because when we are with family, we feel that we have these obligations, like to um, be uh, to agree to what the family wants. But the most important, and also in life in general, not only in family, is that. Uh, you own yourself don't let the others even if it's family or friends uh, tell you how to act and how to be because at that time like they they will just like it's not use you but they will just make you act uh, like something someone else like you will have to be someone else you will not be yourself so even if your family told you that you have to stay you have to do your things like if you really want to like uh, if you really want to do something, just do it. Cause like, uh, if you don't know one will for you. <laughs> and I also realized that in time, like, uh, family accept it, even if it's hard, like in the long term, like a uh, family, it's always family, still family. So even if your family for a while, like just, they are like mad to you or they will always be back and like, this is family. So they will always have love and feelings and connections. I also want to ask you, it's a little more personal, but mm -hmm. did you grow up in a wealthy family? Did your parents help you financially with a lot I of really, like, um, I never met my biologic father. Uh, he left uh, when uh, my mother was pregnant and he left like very bad, like he left like an alcoholic man, like with uh, stealing all the money. But uh, something that uh, today I realized and that I didn't realize when I was uh, a kid is that my mother always, always tried to do everything to give the best education and the, be li the best life to me and my sister. She never let us know or let us see that the situation was uh, so much more worse than it seems. <laughs> yeah. So uh, um, was, yes, I really grew up in a very uh, healthy family. Then after like, uh, when I was like uh, 13, like my mother like uh, met uh, her uh, actual husband and like uh, he was my uh, stepfather. So and he was also like a very, very nice guy. And then like uh, the, we started to be like uh, very good, like financially and everything. So I had that chance to grow up in a healthy family. And I know that it's not the chance of uh, everyone. And uh, I also want to say, because I see it by myself, that uh, Sometimes it's not about where you came from, but uh, um, how you want to change your life, you know? Sometimes that you came for a poor or rich family, it doesn't matter, because uh, sometimes, like, I met, like, uh, really rich kids, they were, like, so depressed and so bad, and I re and I met, like, a so poor kid who has a lot of dreams, and, to, and they were doing everything to reach it. So uh, even if you're not from a healthy, like, family or something like that, uh, as long as you want to live and to make your life good, like everything is possible. You don't need to be born in a healthy and a rich family to uh, have a great and a good life. Yeah, I, I did want to point that out because I think people might listen and not know your situation mm -hmm. and say, well, obviously he must be from a wealthy family to have all these opportunities. But I know you said you worked hard and you I worked had hard your goals. That was a very big point of the, my, of the education of my mother. She always say to me i will never give you any money she told me you have to understand what life is if you want to travel if you want to go to japan if you want to do that you have to do it by yourself if we give you money it will be too easily for you and you will never uh, learn what life is and then like uh, 
all the opportunities I got it by myself. My mother never helped me. I I yeah, I do everything by myself. I like all the money that I got. I got it because I worked very hard for it. And you knew she wasn't gonna help you. I knew she never gonna help me. And in fact, before I was a little bit pissed off because like it's for me like it's might be like it will be more easily. It would be easier. Yeah. But uh, I learned a lot of things about it. Also about the value of the money. When I was in a very bad situation in Japan, when I left my job, I really had no money. And I understood at that time, what is it to eat uh, once or twice? <laughs> and you have to eat at the end of the month on the pasta, even without any oil and without anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I really came through that. Uh, luckily, right now, I'm uh, in really, really good uh, situation because I uh, got my loan and I got the opportunities to learn the languages and to get uh, skills. And I think it was great because I, I was here when you were on the phone with your mom trying mm. to make sure that loan went through. And, you know, she did sign to get the money from the French bank. From so it's not bank. like your mom never helped. It's like she she was a good yeah. mom. She, wasn't... she always support me. She yes. always support me. And uh, it was very hard for her when I left. And I... I knew that she wanted to tell me stay with me or stay around me or stay uh, at least at the city but she never tell me because she wanted uh, she don't want it to block me she wanted to uh, let me do my choice without feeling guilty of like abandoning her but when I needed she always support me like mentally and for everything so for that Leah. Yeah. Thanks, mom. I love you. <laughs> uh, I think we share that about our moms. I know my mom also, when I moved to Japan at 22, I wasn't, you know, she didn't really want me to go. And my mom was the same. She tried to help me with half of school, the cost of school, but I could have had loans if she didn't help. But I knew that she would never give me money. She didn't say it, but I knew she mm. couldn't. And that helps your work ethic in life so much to mm. know that you have to work for it. And I would tell people as well, like, Make sure you get your own source of money, no matter where that is coming from. When you're young, work apart. Maybe I shouldn't say no matter where that is coming (laughs) from, but um, make your own money. Even when you're super young, get a job because that work ethic and work knowledge is going to carry you through the rest of your life. And and here we are, you're 20, starting a new business, you know? (laughs) I I, I do it fast and... Uh, I uh, I'm really grateful for the life, for the opportunities that I uh, that I got, and I'm 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 very happy right now to to be able like to do things that I want to do, and and yeah, uh, I realize that uh, the the chance that I have also to be here. Yeah, and thank you so much, Alex. It's been so nice to meet you here and thank to you. spend time <laughs> with you during this lockdown. Well, well, during the this pandemic when we've really been spending so much time in the house you get up every morning at 5 a.m and you clean the kitchen and we're so grateful to you (laughs) here i i feel completely blessed to have (laughs) happened upon this house and you being here and hearing your amazing story so thank you for sharing i hope it's an inspiration and i know thank you for you thank you for you to doing that and to share it and to doing like the interview yeah thanks for that (laughs) thank you and is there any if, if someone wants to follow you or check out what you're uh, up to, yeah. maybe the in the future, the candy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm what, up where to, can they uh, find you? Uh, I, I think people can find me very easily in uh, Instagram. It's very easy. Like, it's just my uh, uh, name and my surname. It's like uh, lebon.alexander. The good Alexander. Yeah. Right? Okay. <laughs> ah, okay. I will put that in the links as well. Sure. All right. Well, thank you so much, Alex. Right. Listeners, I hope that Alex has inspired you to perhaps create a morning routine or add something to your morning, maybe try a meditation or think about 
your goals for life and what you can do to achieve them every day. I can tell you that Alex definitely talks the talk and walks the walk. I've seen him working on his website almost every day. And it's just amazing to see someone so young, so driven and so organized and so hardworking. And I know that Alex is going to go far and I'm really excited to see where he goes after Japanese school. We're going to put the links to Alex's Instagram, the school that he attended in the U.S., and his new Japanese candy website, which should be up next month. So that would be hopefully September or October 2020. You can stay tuned on how Alex is doing with his new business. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay tuned. Thanks for listening to the School of Travels podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to The Sam Chase for allowing us to use their song, In a Perfect World. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode, and remember to always let travel be your teacher. If you keep your options open, there are places you will go. They will treat you like the kings and queens your parents thought you'd be when you were born. You'd see it all with your head up standing tall, and you'd look back and think it's funny how you spent your time and money in this world. Living in this